Well, thank you, Jungle Jim, for that wonderful musical introduction. Oh my goodness, Brady, you're just rocking and rolling over there on your synthesizer, making it happen. Those magical fingers kicking off our podcast. What would this podcast be without the famous Jungle Jim, our musical director? Hi, this is Tim Hall. This is Failing Up, recording this podcast in the Bowel Studio, located on the shores of the mighty Seneca River, flowing all the way to the Great Lake of Ontario, one of the Great Lakes, which flows right over into the St. Lawrence Seaway, one of the few rivers in the United States, in the world, that flows north out into the Atlantic Ocean, past 1,000 islands packed this time of year with summer fun and frolic and vacationers and boaters and all kinds of stuff, island hoppers and big freighters coming on down the Great Lakes. You can also head over to Buffalo, New York on the Great Lake of Ontario. You can even get up to Toronto, two beautiful, wonderful cities with a lot going on in the summer and the wintertime. I make note of that. And if you go the other way on uh, the Seneca River, you're going to go right into Onondaga Lake right here on the shores on Onondaga Lake, once one of the most polluted lakes in the United States of America, now a, a lake which with recreational activity. Beautiful spot here in upstate New York. Hi, this is Tim Marr again, and as I said, this is failing up over there, sitting in the corner, snoozing away right now is our musical director, Jungle Jim. That's right, Jimmy boy, wake up. And this is failing up, and here we are in August. Oh my gosh, the dog days of summer. Some people are saying, well, summer's already over. Summer is not over. We're just in August, beautiful month of August, right in the middle of summer. Everything's in full bloom, growing up. The corn is high. The corn that was knee high on the 4th of July is now about six feet tall. And that sweet corn is mm, so sweet. That sweet corn is mm, so, so sweet. Get some sweet corn if you're around there and grab some. Butter it up just like I'm trying to butter you up on this podcast. Boy, I got to tell you, with all the political upheaval in our country and all the the political uh, strife and, and you know uh, anger and, and divisiveness going on, it just reminds me of well, what I've always considered to be in, in in my life and in my professional life are some of the most bloodiest battlefields when it comes to politics, and that's the workplace. The workplace. Politics is no more, is the bloodiest battlefield in its work. You know, I took a course when I was going to the Maxwell School. I took a policy course down in Washington, D.C. And the professor said, how come you're taking a policy course? And I said, well, I'm, I'm working up at, at the college right now, uh, Visual Performing Arts, and we have some stuff going on. And I said, you know, the political atmosphere in academia can be, can be pretty... Uh, uh, serious and we're always trying to pass policies. And he said, you know what they say the politic politics in academia are so bloody? It's because they mean so little. But the premise in the and what occurs in, in politics in the workplace reflects what occurs in politics in our country. The political positioning in a workplace has very, in most times, has very little to do with the the mission, the mission of the organization or the agency. It's individuals out for individuals, and how do they do that? They want to climb to the top, or they want to stay to the top, or just like in the real world, they don't want people to know that they're incompetent. I shouldn't be here. So how do you let people know you're not supposed to be there? You get them out of your way. 
you find you find who do you have to suck up to? Who do you have to position to? How do you get on the inside track? How do you become an insider? And then you're thus protected. And what do you do for those individuals? You're protected. In the police department, I say specifically in New York, they, they say grab a rabbi, and a rabbi somebody is going to protect you while you're on your um your career. I could have a little iced tea. Iced tea. It's summertime and I'm having some iced tea. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Nothing like a nice iced tea in the summertime. Mm, yummy, yummy, yummy. So you, you find someone to latch on to. And just like in the political arena, where there's all posturing and positioning, connecting to individuals who other individuals feel might be winners or have influence, you want to get that sphere of influence. That's the, the same happens in um, professional environments where little coops are formed, little coups are formed, pockets where they where they can try to overthrow authority or they can undermine individuals. And then eventually they may get into positions of power. And even though they're incompetent, some of these individuals are in those positions of power. And then it becomes more severe because they want to, because their salaries increase, their prestige increases, their title increases, the stakes are higher. The stakes are higher and the stakes are higher if you're exposed for, you shouldn't even be there. You're there because you kissed up to the right person, or you're there because you, you know, you, you maneuvered and you positioned. And that's just the way it works. It's the way it works in, in, in most work environments. Now, that's not to say the cream doesn't always rise to the top, and it does, but there are a lot of times where it's 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 how you're posturing. And if you and if you and if if it's an agency, an organization where individuals they lose focus of the mission of whatever it could be. It could be any academia, not-for-profit, professional sector. And the focus becomes on the individual, just like that's what's happening in Washington. The focus is on the individual. Congressional leaders are focusing on their careers. Senate leaders are focusing on their careers. Who do I butt on to? Who do I suck up to? Who's going to run for president? Who might be nominated? And, are, and do they still have that influence? You take that and you put that, and that's the workforce. You know, who's the boss? The most powerful individual in many of these organizations is the gatekeeper, the person outside the leader's office. They're the one you want to get, get tight with because that's the person that's going to open the door. Or then you try to get, get tight with the individual who has that person's ear. And you... You boost them up or you do things for them. And then you find out, then you want to find out who's on the inside and who's on the outside. All types of organizations have insides and outsides, inies and outies, just like naval belly buttons. Are they naval belly buttons? Are they be they're navels? It's not the Navy belly buttons. It's like the Navy has belly buttons. The Navy has, it's not like the Navy has a belly button. Okay, everybody in the Navy, I'm assuming most people, I don't want to get in trouble here, most people in the Navy, I'm assuming, do have belly buttons. But it's, there's a navel, and then the street term is called belly button because it's supposed to be a button on your belly, unless it's an Audi. Now, if it's an Audi, and it's not an Indy, now an Indy would be a belly button. I guess an Audi would be like a belly, like a phallic symbol, like a, a belly button and a belly weenie. You got your belly weenie and your belly button. Indy and an Audi. You don't want to have an Audi when you should have an any belly button. Anyway, anyway so um, you belly up and, and, and you, you posture yourself and they get close. And like, as I've been to places where if you're on the outside, you're an Audi. You're an Audi. You know, I, I worked at Cornell University. And if you weren't, you know, you weren't from an Ivy or you weren't from uh, 
graduate at Cornell, it was it, you were an outsider. That was just a culture there. If you were an alum of Cornell, you were more of an insider. If you graduated from an Ivy, you were more of an insider. But if you went to a normal, like me, I went to a normal university. God forbid I went to a community college. Then I went to Syracuse University, two great institutions. I'm a dog at community college. I love you. And Syracuse University, love you. Maxwell School, BPA, thank you. OCC Radio TV, Vinny Spadafora, love you guys. Love you, the late Vinny Spadafora, great man. But in any event, you're you know you're an Audi when you're in that Ivy Ivy sector, and you got to figure out who am I gonna you know who am I gonna connect with? Who's gonna who's gonna open the path? And what is the most powerful? What is the most influential and powerful tool in any of these arenas? Any of these arenas, whether it be the the actual political arena on a national scale, or if it be the workplace. Because the methodology is the same. A prick's a prick. A suck-up's a suck-up. Selling out is selling out. Giving up your values, giving up your values. Losing sight of a mission for individual gain. They're all the elements. They're transferable. They're transferable. My God, I'm possessed. They're transferable. But what is the most powerful entity? What's the most powerful tool in all? It's communication information that's what the game is and if you if you have information and you're able to get information that's going to benefit individuals or if other individuals feel like you get information if other individuals feel as if you got the scoop hey you know the scoop what's going on you know you know what's going on and if you're able to let those above you who you're trying to impress and endear and become a an appendage to their appendix, you're going to say, you know, I know this. I heard this. And that's how it begins. Information sharing. And then information perpetuation. Information perpetuation. Not to be confused with information masturbation. Information masturbation is a whole different story. In some cases, that's against the law, so be careful. But information perpetuation, perpetuation. Jimmy, say it for me, Jungle Jim. Information perpetuation, whatever the heck I'm trying to say. But information, and then how do you put that out? And there's all kinds of false information that goes out without accountability. Oh, so-and-so is this and so Do you know what's going on? Oh, I know what the theory is. I know what the, oh, they're going to get rid of you and they're going to get rid of you unless you do this. You got to get on, you got to get on this person's side because if you're on this side, yeah, oh, I hear there's going to, there's going to be cutbacks. There's going to, you got to, yeah, trust me. I know. Stick close to me. That's how, that's power. That's the power base in any of these entities. People feel like they're on the inside. People want to be on the inside. It goes back to when we're kids, I guess. Everybody wants to be in the in crowd. Well, most people want to be. The cool kids, the real cool kids are not in the in crowd. They don't even have a crowd. They're just them. But they want to be in the in crowd. They want to be in the pack. You want to know what's going on. So what do you do? You know, what do you do when all that? You create individual value. That's what you do. You find a way to create individual. When I was at Syracuse University and all this was going on, I found a way to create individual value. You know, I connected with people out on the West Coast, and I said, "Hey, wow, Tim knows a lot. Tim, Tim can help us open up Los Angeles, California. He's that guy has value. He's crazy as a wow. He's crazy, but he's good. Okay, but that you you have to create a value, unique value. You're bringing something to the table, but you're bringing something to the table that they need. When I say they, it's the leadership." You get a sense of what's going on here. What are the challenges here, and what, what, how do I plug that hole? And you, you try to stay away from all the, the, the manipulative and the Machiavellian activity, and you listen, 
and you listen and you connect the dots. You always have to connect the dots. And then you too, Ice Tea Break, brought to you by Tea and Ice. Mm -mm -mm. <sighs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. August Ice Tea, baby. August Ice Tea, nothing like it. Oh man, Ice Tea in August. So what do you do? You got you got to you got to you got to connect. You got to connect yourself and your messaging and create value. And then people think like, oh, that's somebody that's somebody who can help me, who can help me. Because when it gets into the blood sport of office politics, it's all about the individual and the survival of the fittest. From the top down, people want to survive. And the higher up you go, again, the higher the stakes are because there's probably some type of juicy title, some really nice perks, and you're making a decent chunk of change. And you may not know what the hell they're doing. So so you're going to hang on to that with tooth or nail because it's, it's not, people say, oh, it's just a job. It's just a job, for God's sakes. It's just a job. It's not just a job. To most individuals, it's their identity. It's their, it's sad, but it's their self-worth. It's their identity, their title. My God, in academia, titles are like gold. God help you if you're given. When I was made assistant dean at Syracuse University, a non-academic assistant dean, holy cow, you would have thought, you would have thought there was blasphemy. How, how can he become an assistant dean in this college? He's not an academic. He's not a professional. What is going on here? Oh, my gosh. I'm appalled. Well, screw you. The, um, but the thing is, that's where people get their identity. I remember I read Phil Jackson's book, uh, The Last Dan, or it was, but it's this book about coaching um, and his philosophies. And there's a B Buddhist saying there, you know, people are fearful when they feel like they're going to lose something. They're hanging on to something that's their identity. When really you're your identity, your title isn't your identity. But it's not just a job, because in many cases, this is a, a it's someone's esteem. It's someone's self-worth. And it's, it's putting bread on people's table, in many cases, in a very substantial way. So it's like, it's like you're going for the jugglers. That's why office politics are so bloody. Because the stakes, you're going for someone's job. You're going for their house. You're, you know, it's a whole deal. You know, when you hear professional athletes, you know, football, there oh, comes a rookie in. Well, he's going for my job. You know, that's why it's so rough. It's not like high school where... Oh, he's going to be the starting quarterback. Well, I'll still get a varsity letter. But guess what? You still got a place to live in most cases. But in the workforce, it is it's the person's identity, and that's where this and that's where it gets dirty because that's where the real ugliness comes out because it is survival, and it is taking people out, and stepping on the bodies just to survive. And people would say, how come so-and-so's in that role? Well, you have to look at the history of who's in that role. And you have to look at the bodies on the side because it's true. So what do you do? How do you, 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 you look at the tools. You figure out who the players are, who are the players. And then you got to figure out how do I communicate with them in my own little world. And it's always better to sit back and listen and not get involved right away. But it's a web. It's a, it's a, it's a complicated web. And it's a bloody web, but it's it's a direct trickle down from our government. So what you're seeing in government influences how people conduct themselves in their workplace. And the real tragic piece of it is, in many cases, now you know, in many cases, 
But the mission, those mission statements, most of those mission statements you can just put right in the restrooms and put them in the school roll and use them, use them that way. Next time we have a shortage of toilet paper in the pandemic and we're low on toilet paper, just print out a shitload, no pun intended, of mission statements, a shitload of mission statements. And you can use those to wipe your ass because in most organizations and agencies, all that mission statement and value statements, nobody knows what they say. Nobody knows. Because if they really did and if they really lived them and breathed them, you wouldn't have office politics. You wouldn't have people stepping over bodies and stabbing each other in the back. And you wouldn't have incompetence rise to the, the, the top because incompetence means less threatened for the uh, the leaders, you you know you wouldn't have any of that. You know you wouldn't have agencies that have failed us, or organizations, even religious organizations that have failed us. They stuck to their mission statement. I mean, if the Catholic Church stuck to the mission statement of Jesus, I don't think we would have had a scandal. For God's sakes, it wouldn't have happened. It just wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't happen. You know, you stick to the mission statement. And the people are we're mission we're mission focused. We gotta be again. We gotta be mission focused. Everybody here is equal. Bullshit. We gotta be mission focused. Well, if you're truly gonna be mission focused, that means your endeavors and your work is focused on moving the the mission forward. And you know what? If you do that, you're gonna get compensated. And if you do that, you're gonna be in the right place. You're gonna have advancement. There's no need to be stabbing each other. And it's the same. You could take that from the workforce and you can move it right up the chain to our government. If your mission focused, the mission being the Constitution of the United States of America, then um, you're, you're not going to be coming up with fabricated stories and you're not going to deny tragedy. Um, you're not going to allow for insurrections. You're not going to allow for lies and and um, betrayal and all that stuff because you're mission focused. But the same, the same manipulation and the same activity that occurs at that level, that's what occurs in the workplace. And because the stakes for those individuals, our individuals in our place, are just as high. Just as high. They're coming, they're coming after my job. Well, if they are coming after your job, it means you didn't connect yourself with them because they and them are the power base. And you have to understand who is that. Or there are people who are really smart. Up, oh, iced tea break brought to you by ice and tea. Mm. Oh, I love that stuff. Yeah. Wow, that hit the cord. Hit the cord. Hit the. Because if, um, if you, there are, there are people who just lay low. And they're the smart ones. Do their job and lay low. They don't get caught up in anything. Well, they can be victimized if other people get caught up in stuff. But when you get in that game of office politics, you got to understand that you're on somebody's side. You're 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 working with someone for some type of goal that they have, or you may have. And if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't, and you're done. And and that's where they get bloody, and that's where um, people forget that they're all people. You know, we're all people. Getting all self-centered in my own little world. Oh, they're they don't get it, man. And that's how people rise to the top. The cream does not always rise to the top. And many times when the cream rises to the top, it is darn curdled. It is clotted cream. Now, granted, clotted cream is fantastic. It'll kill you if you drink a lot of it, just like the toxic workforce or the political maneuverings or when all those um, emotions get into play. Vile, vile, vile. I got some vile.
So what do you do? A lot of people, you know, a lot of people say, a lot of people say, screw it, I'm going to go work for myself, and they're happy because they work for themselves. People who work for themselves and have their own businesses, there are no politics. There is no political environment because they're working for themselves. And people who are working from home tend to, to be out of that environment. If you ever go into a workplace and, and, and after something like that, it's all over, and you're just doing it, you say, oh my God. It is so nice to work here. Individuals, the places that focus on the culture and the mission, and you become part of the mission. So it's not an evil empire where all workforces are these evil political petri dishes. And you have choices, and now there are more choices than ever. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I don't need to put up with this, and it's true. Because the days of office politics, I hope, are waning because there are so many options. Yeah. Unlike our real politics. I hear you, Jungle Jim. I hear you. I hear you. We're out of here. This is Tim Marr. This is Failing Up. Bye-bye.